Welcome food enthusiasts to this episode of the Future Foodcast. We're so excited you've joined us today. I'm Pam Miller, your host, and I have with me Douglas Fraser. He is the Executive Director of Dining Services, and we are delighted to have you today, Douglas. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have a wealth of information in the food business in general that's gotten you to what you're doing right now. Do you want to tell us what you are doing right now? And then we'll hear a little bit of history about how you got there. Absolutely. Currently, I'm executive director of dining services, as, as you referenced, for a university in Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, part of my role is to oversee the food service contract. We partner with one of the big three, what I call the big three in the food service management world. So part of my role is to manage that contract, just to make sure that we're providing the best services for the students here as possible. And what did you do before that? Have you always been in this university space? Yeah, I always like to tell the story. I started way back when. I, my story started when I was six years old. My grandmother ran a, a senior citizen center for the seniors in her community. And part of my job as a six-year-old was to go through and, and open up the milk and juice during lunchtime. So like that spirit of service is in me and it's been there since the very beginning. Uh, so fast forward several years, I was in college and I, I left college to join the army. I did a little bit of food service in the army. I also rolled around on tanks for a little bit and left the army. And I was fortunate enough to open up two restaurants uh, for a restaurateur in, in the area. And I just continued to kind of parlay that into bigger and better opportunities. Opportunities. I, like I said, I, I worked for all of the big three who I call Compass Group, uh, Sodexo and Aramark, who are the big three in the contract management world. So I've had a little bit of an opportunity to work for the big three in, in multiple what I like to call sectors, K-12 universities and different things like that. Yeah. Well, that's really great. I didn't know back in, when you were six years old, certainly that was an early foray into understanding about serving and whole food business, right? What kind of job position is it where you can work in food service and actually be in a tank? That didn't happen at the same time in the army, right? It, it did not happen at the same time. When I first got to my unit, they said, <laughs> hey, we need some more folks to go and, and ride around on tanks. <laughs> Even though I trained as a food service specialist in the army, they chose me. I was the only cook in the United States Army that was tank qualified. So I spent about two years on tanks. I deployed twice with the, the tank group and it was one of the best experiences of my life. I still to this day have a lot of friends who rode around on tanks with me and we had a lot of fun. No kidding. That is that is really interesting. I was kind of making a joke, but really, I guess you can uh, probably you will be the only uh, tank certified food service person, maybe in the history of the army, who knows. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but right now, fast forwarding, uh, you guys, you serve a lot of food up there at the university. I mean, wh what kind of volume are we talking about? What, what do you need to handle there? Yeah, so we have 6,500 undergraduate students, and then there's another 15,000 graduate students. So we're hovering, it, it fluctuates back and forth, but we're somewhere between 25 and 30,000 students on campus every day that we're, we're managing. Yeah, that's a lot of students. And what kind of outlets do you have for them? Because you're in the city of Washington, D.C., right? 
Absolutely. Okay. So one of the things, and I believe we're the only university in the country that does this, is we have what we call uh, external partners. And we have over 95 external partners that we work with. And what that does is it allows our students utilize their declining dollars, what traditional campuses call declining dollars, to go out and kind of dine in D.C. So our students have the opportunity to go around to our 95 plus partners and pick and choose where they want to go so they can hang out with their friends in various locations across Washington, D.C. So we have a, a great relationship with both restaurateurs on campus, as well as folks in the immediate area of, of our surrounding campus. I would say that is unique. You know, most university settings, college settings, it's very self-contained as far as what the dining services provide. So the fact that you have expanded your reach and allowed the students to have additional choices, I bet that's really a good customer service thing to do from the student perspective. They probably love it. Absolutely. The students love it. They, they ask for it again and again. Yeah. Um, well, what else are you doing uh, on campus? Do you just have dining halls or... So absolutely. So we are currently under construction. We have three construction projects happening right now where we are will be transitioning to residential dining programs. So we're building three dining halls clear across the campus. So we will have our external partners that we're working with currently, as well as a newly enhanced residential dining program. So we're expanding the program to all of the students across campus. So that's that's really fun and really exciting. A lot of construction, a lot of really, really cool things are happening happening right now. So the students are going to have access to food late hours, early morning. So it's going to be really exciting. And I'm, I'm thrilled that this is happening. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and that's a big, those are big projects. So you're, you're also, you're doing food service, but you're also doing construction. Absolutely. I, luckily they don't have me out there swinging a hammer, but the good news is I do have an opportunity to sit in on some of the construction meetings, work with some of the general contractors and have my hand in design some of the things that that are necessary to build out, especially when you're talking about building out in a city like Washington, D.C. Yeah, and I think that as the executive director, what a gift to be able to be on the front end to say, here's what our requirements are to service the students the way we need to service them. Absolutely, that's huge. And it's and you combine that with the fact that I work closely with the students, right? So we put together a student advisory panel and we work closely with the students to make sure that their input is, is heard, right? So I allow that student advisory panel to be the voice, right? The voice of the student at the table. So when we're having conversations, we're talking about the future of dining, what that's going to look like. The student also has a voice. So that's, that's very important to what we do here. Absolutely. And that's going to only enhance the your ability to serve them well and have good reviews and, and just have that be a good partnership. Well, what are you hearing from the students? What are they interested in right now? Uh, what kind of trends have you seen, Douglas, as you've been involved on the campus? Right now, it's all about technology. We want it to be as fast as, we, as it possibly can be. We're still in this COVID world, right? So we want it to be safe and we want it to be fast. We want to utilize as much technology as we possibly can. What we're doing right now as part of our construction project is we're building what we call a it's a cashierless store where it's a low contact, no contact store where students have the opportunity to walk into the store utilizing their mobile app. The app will track them and they'll come through as a little blurb. So it'll be a red blurb as they walk through the store. And every SKU that's on the shelf is going to be assigned to a certain location. Student will walk into this frictionless market, this cashierless market, and they will be able to pick 
the bag of chips up off the shelf, pick the bag of the bottle of soda off the shelf. The system will recognize that the student simply walks out the door and then their account will be charged. So that type of technology gives us the opportunity just to make life easier and faster for the students while utilizing technology, which is really what they're, that's what they're pushing us for. You know, being in a city like DC, you can't do the, the food delivery robots for the driving around the city. It just doesn't allow for that here in the city. So this is the next best step to provide students with that high level technology that they're looking for. Yeah. And plus with uh, the staffing issues that are happening right now, I imagine not having to have a body there all the time where it's all the technology is taking over some of those roles and you just have to do, make sure the inventory is maintained in an orderly fashion so that it'll charge properly. Absolutely, it's a great point. And then you can have, you from a labor perspective, I can allow my staff to go fill this space, go fill a vending machine, go fill another vending machine, constant motion, low staff, right? Give students as much as we possibly can with as, the least amount of contact as we can possibly get. Yeah, that is the, that's the best of both worlds. The students like it and you like it. And that seems like a perfect marriage. Well, from the, again, the, the student perspective, what a novel idea and maybe other schools do this with having like a kind of a board of directors of students that are getting their peer feedback and feeding into you um, what they need. Like what kind of taste do they have? Do they, are they caring what they eat as far as the food itself and, and how you're putting the menus together? Absolutely. I've, I've been in food service now for over 20 years and this is the first time where I've, I've seen people so highly involved in what they eat and very selective and very picky about what they eat. There's all kinds of uh, fad diets that are out there, all kinds of things that are happening that are out in society today, but students, college students especially, are very, very vocal about the things that they want. We are seeing more food allergens come through, um, more insensitivities to gluten and lactose intolerance. So students are very vocal, right? And as you referenced, we have our student advisory panel and, and it's representative of the student body, right? So every student group is, is represented through our student advisory panel, and they bring the information back from students to us. And what we're able to do was we, through the renovation, the rebuild of our residential uh, dining program, is we're putting in a concept that's completely allergy-free, right? So the there will, it focuses on the top eight food allergens. So the food is prepared separate. It's stored in separate containers. It never cross-contaminates. There's never an opportunity for cross-contamination because the staff member that works in that space only works in that space. The food is only produced in that space, is only stored in that space. So students have an opportunity to eat a variety of food, high quality, high flavor, without worrying about, you know, the food allergies that they typically have to worry about going out to eat in a, at a typical restaurant. Right. And, and this is as a, a direct result of student feedback, right? Telling us this is what we need. This is what we want. Yeah, that and that is great. Um, the fact that you've isolated the employees, the equipment and the whole area, even the storage, like there is no chance for cross-contamination. That has got to give your students just a high level of trust and confidence that because some students really do have bad, bad reactions or life-threatening reactions to certain allergens. And, and it's a really big concern. Uh, I heard you, you know, say they've been very vocal about voicing, you know, voicing what's, what's going on. And I, I can't imagine that's got to be a great thing that's coming out of your renovation project and your rebuild project. Absolutely. And the students are excited about it. I've worked in my time here with a lot of parents 
who are very concerned, who their students have severe food allergies and they're concerned because they're sending their child out into the world for the first time by themselves. And they've been accustomed to managing what their child eats for the past 18 or 19 years. And now they have to rely on someone else. So as I have these conversations with parents and I let them know, hey, this is what we're putting in place. This is what we're doing. Here's my cell phone number. Here's my email address. Give me a call anytime. It puts them at ease, right? And and they're at a point now where they're ready to say, okay, I trust you to take care of my baby. And, and that's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine when, when the executive director says, here's my contact information, please reach out to me. I, as a parent, would also just have that my level of trust and partnership would go way up with that. Well, let's let's turn the tables a little bit and talk about some of the challenges. I mean, this all sounds really great. You've, you've got some great building projects going on. You've got your board of directors of the students, the cashless stores happening and peopleless stores really with, without the cashier, cashierless stores. All of that is happening and, and that sounds very positive and you're trying to meet the students' needs. Like what are the challenges? What's happening right now that's that's causing you to stay up at night? Yeah, the, the big challenges are dealing with the supply chain. You know, same thing that everyone clear across the country facing right now. The cost of everything is going up. There's very limited supply. Uh, that's the biggest challenge from under construction. Where will the equipment that we need come in on time, right? <laughs> you know, we open up in August, whether the equipment is here or not. So that's a big challenge. You know, the food supply, just the, just supply chain is the biggest challenge that we face right now. One of the positive things that I would say, of, if I can spin a, a negative into a positive, it's yeah. partnering with one of what I call the big three food service management companies. They have, they buy more food than anyone, any entity in the country. And part of doing that is they have a certain supply set aside for them that we have the ability to tap into that we wouldn't have the ability to tap into as an individual entity. Mm -hmm. So from a food supply standpoint, that kind of helps us a little bit, but just the supply side on the construction side, that's the piece that keeps us up at night. Yeah. So hopefully your equipment will come in. Let's say that first of all, <laughs> so that you don't have to figure out how you're going to accommodate all of those students uh, and faculty and whatever other special events do you also provide food for uh, with, you know, less than all of the kitchen and dining space that you need. But how about on the on the other side with uh, getting the food that you need, the particular food you need for certain recipes? Or have you had to change so far what you're providing the students based on availability of some things? Yeah, one of the things that, as I mentioned, I had the, the opportunity to work for the big three. And one of the things that that we were able to do with the the major food suppliers is before the school year starts, I give them a list, a par list, if you will, that says, hey, this is what I'm going to go through throughout the course of the year. And typically, because of the buying power of the big three, I'm able to set that aside. What we have had to do is pivot, right? We have, instead of the, the chicken parmesan that we we're supposed to have, uh, today we're going to have chicken and biscuits, right? So we had to make those small adjustments and those minor pivots. It hasn't impacted the students to the point where there hasn't, there isn't food available to them. And that's one of the advantages of working with a large food service management company that has, you know, significant buying power, right? They buy more food than, than everyone except for the U.S. military. 
right? <laughs> yeah, right. And and you are a big a big buyer, and um, it's nice that you've got that resource that can help you keep your supply chain going. Plus, you mentioned in our other conversation that you have a little bit more freedom in the college because you've been in different envi- um, different populations of students. You know, you were saying the K through 12, pretty locked down on the nutritional requirements, but at the college, not so much. Absolutely. In K-12, K-12 is one of the highly, most highly regulated industries that exists, right? The same thing in healthcare, senior living, very, very highly regulated where I have to meet certain calorie counts and certain sodium counts. I have a lot more flexibility in a university setting. I don't have the same reimbursement, the same federal reimbursement that I have in a, in a healthcare facility or a K-12 facility. So I have my flexibility is a little bit more open. So I can pivot from that chicken Parmesan to that chicken and biscuits. Whereas if I was in a K-12 setting, you know, if you say chicken Parmesan, it better be chicken Parmesan because, you know, your sodium and the number of uh, the amount of protein for the week and the amount of cheese and yellow and green and and orange vegetables. Uh, So it's wildly different when you talk about the the regulations from a K-12 standpoint to a university standpoint. It's night and day. And and that all matters. That does give you just, just that flexibility, like you were saying. So you can make replacements a little easier uh, because you don't have to meet those. The college students are making their choices freely. You don't have set meals necessarily, right? You're offering main dishes they can choose from. Absolutely. As long as I give them an option, you know, you reference hardships and, you know, I still have contacts with some of my old uh, colleagues in other sectors. And what we're finding is, especially in the healthcare and the senior living sector, is they have to turn folks away. They're no longer able to admit residents to a nursing home because they just can't get the supplies that they need to take care of the, the folks in, in those, in the in the manner of care that they're accustomed to, right? So, you know, in, in the university setting, we have a little bit more freedom, a little bit more flexibility. I have to offer you a meal, right? That's what I promised that I'm going to do is offer you a meal. So whether it's chicken parm or chicken and biscuits, right? I'm going to offer for you a meal, whereas some folks in, in nursing homes and other avenues don't have that ability to do that because they run into supply chain issues, they run into quality issues, they're being shorted, and it's so highly regulated at the same time. Yeah. So we're very lucky in that regard. Yeah, you are. Um, and I've just your attitude, you have a very uh, compassionate attitude about the whole who you're serving. You know, I hear you even talk about your colleagues in other sectors, you know, and having empathy for the situations that they're faced with, you know, having empathy for your parents that you have to work with and, and trying to help to calm their fears a little bit that you're going to take care of their kids from a nutritional and a food standpoint, and you're going to offer them things. I think your attitude towards what you do is is really unique, especially at the college, in the college environment. What do you bring to, what what gives you that? Like, how do you think about what you do? Well, first, thank you for saying that. (laughs) I, I think it's, for me, especially when you're talking about a a university or a residential dining program, or whether it's a nursing home, right? We work where they live. They don't live where we work. We work where they live, right? So it's highly critical for me to make sure that if I'm in someone else's home, I treat them with respect. I treat them with dignity. It goes back to being a six-year-old kid who's going and open up the milk and juice for, for the seniors. 
it's it's a privilege for me to serve, right? It's a privilege for me to make sure that I'm there to support someone, especially in their time of need, right? These kids are here and they're going to be doctors and lawyers and they're the future, right? So my job is to make sure that I am, I'm here to feed the future, right? So that for me is exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled at the opportunity to get up every day and, and feed the future. Yeah. And I'm sure just in the initiatives that I've heard you talk about with the, the other students that interface more closely with you, like they can, they can feel that, that you care and, and that you are really paying attention. Like what you're doing is important and it's important to you and it's important to them. And I know that that attitude shines through. I think it's really, it's really important to me. I'm thinking about our, our watchers and listeners out there of this podcast to see a profile of a person like you, Douglas, who really has the heart for what you're doing in the food space and just maybe they'll be inspired because sometimes, you know, more in the industrial or, or commercial spaces, people don't always think about that. But we need good quality career food service personnel, just like you are here as uh, even more than some other places where, um, you know, maybe you get a little bit more notoriety for a certain restaurant or whatever might happen. I mean, you're doing what you're doing. I'm not sure who's giving you the credit every day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I've had an opportunity, I've had several opportunities to go to different colleges and speak to students on career day, or high school students on career day that kind of, obviously, I'm the food service guy. So I'm talking about a career in food service. And this is typically when the students are tuning out, they're on their phones, they're not paying attention to what I'm saying. I think it's because the idea of working in food service, it, it isn't attractive to folks, right? Because you think food service, and you think uh, fast food restaurant, right? I'm going to be flipping burgers, I'm going to have acne because of all the grease on my face. I, I, it's so much more than that. Like I said, I have an opportunity every day to, to work in their homes, right? And provide people with a service. I have an opportunity to dabble in human resources and marketing and finance, right? So it's so much more than, than just flipping burgers. I can't tell you the last time I touched a, a spatula or a serving spoon, right? Because my, my time is busy writing budgets and performers and on construction calls and so much more than than what folks think it is. So I would advise anyone, give it a shot, right? Give me a call. Let's talk about it. And you know, you it's it's a very rewarding profession. You know, and you just said it, no one's coming up to you every day saying, Oh, you know, I appreciate you for what you're doing. It's almost thankless at times, but I make sure that my team knows. You're appreciated. I appreciate everything that you're doing. We saw with COVID, right? The essential workers were food service people, right? It's essential what we do. And I, I value that. I'm so thankful for it every day. Yeah. Well, that's great. It is essential. And like you said, really neat that, I mean, you're called food service, but you're getting to work in HR staffing. You've got one of the biggest budgets on campus mm -hmm. with food, between food and then um, staffing. And I know as far as student work hours, you, you have a lot of those because students, a lot of students work in food service. It's a, it's a great area to work in. Absolutely. It's a great place for folks to get started. I, I had professors in college who said, oh, I started working on, in food service. This is one of the only places that international students can work. They can't work off campus. We have a significant uh, international student population. It's one of the few places that they can work. Once our, our residential dining has been completed, we will be the largest employer of students on campus. Uh, and then students have an opportunity to do more than just flip burgers, right? We have a registered dietitian on staff who's going to need a support in that area. We have a director of marketing on staff who's going to need support. We have finance and HR. Like I said, all these 
various positions that are inside of the food service scope mm -hmm. that students will have an opportunity to dabble. There are tons and tons of folks who are working in food service right now as vice presidents and CEOs who started off as dishwashers working in the food service in college. So it's, it's a lot more than what folks give it credit for. Yeah, well, I think it's really cool, the technology that you're taking advantage of and the fact that you have this partnership with your end consumer, your, your customers, the students, and the other people that are there. Um, and you've covered like a lot of what's happening in your, in your world right now, plus the history that you bring to it. But is there anything, Douglas, that you, anything else you would like to share with our audience before we go today? That's a great question. I, like I said, <clears throat> food service is essential. I just had a conversation with my kids last night and I have four, four kids. My oldest is going to be in college in the fall. And I, I said to my kids last night, maybe you go to culinary school and get a degree in culinary arts, following dad's footsteps. Food service is so essential to what we do and to, to just everyday life. I think that it's important that folks give it a try. Like if, if you're interested, if you're, you're on the fence about what you want to do in your career, give food service a shot, right? Because there's so much more than, than flipping burgers. We change lives. You know, I, I tell a story of when I worked in healthcare, I always told my, my team that you could feed someone their last and they would always blow me off. Ah, Doug, one morning I went into work and one of my cooks came up to me with a tear in his eye. I said, Doug, I always blew you off when you told me that we were going to, could possibly feed someone their last meal. He said, last night I got a call from a guy and he said, all I really want is some shrimp scampi. He said, Doug, I went across the street to the store. I bought him some shrimp. I made him some shrimp scampi, cleared it with the dietitian, made him some shrimp scampi. And the next day I found out that the guy passed away. So I really fed him his last meal. It's important and it matters. Well, Douglas, thank you so much for sharing what matters to you with our future Foodcast listeners and watchers. We're so happy you were on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 